Yeah, that people who are lucky aren't actually lucky. They're, They're just, just smart. smart. Should we move on to chapter five, guys? The rich invent money. Sounds about right. Maybe maybe we can start with one, two questions. Look, so it. it's, it's super cool, huh? So let's do it. It says, which one sounds harder to you guys? All right. Number one, you work very hard. You pay 15% in taxes and then you save whatever's left. Then your, sa then your savings earn you 5%, which is also taxed. Or number two, you take the time to develop your financial intelligence, harness the power of your brain and the asset column. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like saying, do you want to hit yourself in the head with a rock or throw the rock in the lake? Do you want a hamburger or filet? Number one, you just do whatever the system is set up to be, like the status quo. And then number two, you think outside the box. So it's pretty much the opposite. Yeah, number one is harder. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Well, I pick number two all day. <laughs> well, I know my boss has been my boss has been thirty-two years or something. And try and says, "Oh, I can't retire for another 12. And the way that he says it, it's like exactly like number one. Like this is how it goes. This is a step by step. Like I, this is my only option is to wait twelve more years. Like, like if you, but number two is what? Think outside the box, and he could retire in probably two years. Actually, with the amount of knowledge that he actually has, he would just have to go in there maybe once in a while and walk around and." Or, or take his knowledge and oh and, and open something or do something and t like he could imagine what he could do if he just thought outside the box is all i'm saying instead he's like i just got 12 more years as he's you know like got a pacemaker and like all these things going or just being dramatic i'm just being dramatic but health issues and just all kinds of things it's like never even going to relax so just 12 more years i, I hear it all the time after 30-something years in a business, I feel like you should have enough knowledge to create your own. But it, like we were saying in the beginning, it was the fear. Exactly. Do What was question two? Well, question two says that there's some people who have a lot of money, but don't get ahead financially. Okay. You think, why is that? Because they keep spending above their means. Yeah, they just hang on to it. They're afraid to or they are naive. let go of it. They're afraid to invest. Is that the right word? Yeah, they just don't know, or they're afraid. They're afraid. It's to better to have it than risk it and lose it. So even if they don't have self doubt, they still have doubt or fear. That's kind of funny to think about. That you could be so rich that you still wouldn't invest for the same exact reason as someone who's poor and has just enough to invest. You're like, oh, but what if I just lose it? I can't afford it. like. It's the same deal no matter what. Mm -hmm. So that's what they say. Money is never going to fix the problem because you're always it's the fear that's going to always be in your way. I also think that rich people are people with a lot of money. And they say it in a bad way, but it's not are some of the cheapest people you'll ever meet. I think the kitties are agreeing with us. They're in the background saying, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> My kitty is saying... I need a boyfriend. 
No, I worked at a yacht club, and they are the ones, the richest ones. Like, not the ones who just had enough money or they got it from their dad, but the guys who've been working for 50 years at their company. They came in in a shirt that was stained. They wore it for three days. Not a care in the world. Ordered the cheapest on whatever meal was on sale that day. And you know that guy has more money than everyone else in that building. And he tips 12%. (laughs) Oh no. And us and then us people who work hard and are poor who go out are like, wow, this this person, you know, I can identify with them. So I'm gonna tip them twenty two percent. And that's why we have no money. Yeah, because you're going out when you should be cooking in. Well, no, if you're gonna go out, you should still tip your server. I think so. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. And then I have too much empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're go- well, and you're going out to get the service, so don't not pay no. for the service. No, if you, you went out, no, I agree with that. Right. If you're going out, you know what you're doing, <laughs> guys. Next question, I have a good one. So this one is for you too. As you have developed your own financial intelligence, which you have, how has it helped you uh, see more easily whether a deal is good or not? <laughs> I'd say it hasn't quite yet, personally, because. Now I just have more questions of whether or not. Hold on. Maybe maybe I can get it to get a, maybe I can rephrase it to get an answer. How about, because, right, so let's say investing on the stock market. Before you wouldn't do it, but now you do. Is that a decision that you made because of financial intelligence? Yes. Everything I picked up and every, every book we read, first thing I said was, no matter what, if you're in debt or not, start investing into something right now because it will grow in the background. Yeah. So I was like, well, obviously, if all these people are suggesting this. I will say the complete opposite, though, which is why I was laughing, because Connor and I can't go to Walmart now without me studying six different boxes of Cheez-Its and looking at the ounces and the price for me to decide which is the best value to the point where he literally will walk away from me and he's like, it's just Cheez-Its, just pick something. And I'm like, you don't understand. Everything I look at now, I calculate, wait, the value and the percentage and the grams and, and whatever I am buying, I'm going, wait. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. I've always been that way. It's annoying. Keep doing it. It's it's becoming annoying because it's like I'm being called like cheap and and like I can't even go to the store with you anymore because you don't make it any fun because it's all about how much money we're spending. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get the best deal. (laughs) Well, instead of I mean, I I, you're not asking for advice, right? Why don't you instead of looking at how much like which is the best deal, look at how much money you're saving and then make note of that. That's what I mean. For sure, though, like, like how if I buy this, like in the long run, you know, I'm not gonna have to buy it for a month. And how much is that going to save me? Because if I have to buy four of them times this, I'm going to spend like $8 more. So if I just buy it now, like I'm saving like $10. Like, so do I have the money to buy it now? Like, and no. it all it all plays into kind of investing exactly. in a different way. You're investing in your so, and I'm sitting there, uh, my right. brain's going nuts, and Connor's just going, will you just pick something? <laughs> You're so dramatic. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> we all have our flaws. I mean, I don't, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well. So reverse the question. How does that, how have you, have you, like, seen anything in a new light since you've started your journey? 
Yes, man. I think the 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 one piece of information, the the first epiphany I had when it the one that said that I worked for everybody but myself because my paycheck I gave it away to everybody to the cable company to the taxman to the supermarket to the tailor to to I give it to to the car dealership to insurance company I I gave my money to everyone but myself. And then the piece of the piece of advice was, or financial intelligence was, pay yourself first. And that that one single piece of advice has it just changed my life completely. Now, for example, what Amanda says, where you try to shop smarter, that that becomes just part of who I am. It's, and then you stop looking for. Let's say, I don't know, I can think of myself so many, in so many instances, I've stopped myself from buying a new television or getting a better car because I know that on the long run, it's, it's not the right financial decision to make. No, we all wake up those days and like, that's it. Today's the day I'm getting a brand new truck. Start looking and start thinking like, man, I won't be able to afford a house for the next five years. Like, is this really worth Dude, it? Dude, something pragmatical very and very tiny too is like, for example, I will go to a store and then pick up something that I think I want and then just carry it and then was, decide that I don't need it. I was literally about to say that next no way. Amanda does that, and I find it yeah, the most annoying thing. Yeah, we just did thing. that at Target Say the other day. Uh, I saw this, like, cute summer tank top, and I really wanted it, and I grabbed it, and I put it in my basket. I was like, well, I'm going to think about it while we walk around, and then I'm going to go, you know, should I set this down? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to set it down. So even if it is, like, an impulse thing that I want, away. I do so grab it sometimes, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to grab it and put it in my basket, and I'm going to really – about do i, I do. really want this right now oh no amanda literally does that with whole baskets we'll walk out i'll be like so this is everything you want she'll look down at it and go <laughs> no and then just walk out the door i'm like you can't do that she's like yeah you can like, like no that's rude you like, can't just have a car full of shit sometimes i just need here, i guess sometimes and I say that too. That's funny. I say, what do you mean? I said, those people are paid to do that. They have nothing else better to do. Like, I just gave them something to do. They can go put my stuff back. Meanwhile, I like formed a bond with it. I loved it and I let it go while I walked around Walmart. Like, that's, I do that. That's how I, that's how I function all the time. That's hilarious. I'm glad I'm not the only person that does that. I liked how he was saying that we need to, take risk though it's like we've been talking about all night basically is that we need to start taking risk and be bold stand behind your risks they're gonna pay off and don't and then risk as in like obviously something bad could happen but it's still like an 80 percent, 90 percent chance this is going to work out because you've done the research you've done the work yeah it's the calculated risk that he and also gets behind not the not the gamble Gamble, yeah, I like that. I liked how you said, I'm <coughs> sorry, I like how he said that luck is created. Yeah. Well, is that when he was talking about that you could turn around 
the economy or even in a bad economy, you got to learn if you know what you're doing, you could turn that into a positive thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. That people who are lucky aren't actually lucky. They're They're just just smart. smart. Basically like you have to create your, your own destiny. I don't know. It sounds really cheesy. He says it is what you know, that is your greatest wealth. It is what you do not know that is your greatest risk. Wow, that's, I don't even remember that one. No, that's beautiful. Well, you're saying that wealth changes. I found that pretty amazing. Back in the day, you were the wealthiest man if you had all the land for the ranches. But then it switches to you're the wealthiest man if you had all the factories. And now he's saying you're the richest man if you have your information. But he's also worried, what what is the next superpower? Because information is going to run out soon. It's going to be so viable to everyone. It won't be a a factor. It'll be the action. I wrote that down. Wealth is found in information. I think it's going to go back to entertainment, but I don't know. That's just. I also wrote down. Um, I also wrote down that it that you need to think of new ideas because all of the old ones are already used up. Basically. No, because if you're like, oh, I just heard about this, we'll probably sold it in just a hundred other people, a thousand other people. So it's going to be old news. <laughs> like, okay, silly story. The other day at work, I had this table of four and I gave them straws and we now have uh, cardboard straws or biodegradable straws. And for some reason I walked away and her boyfriend goes, don't eat the straw. And I just started laughing and then we were all laughing, but then it it ended up being a 45 minute conversation with this table back and forth about flavored edible straws. And we were like, Oh my goodness. Imagine if you had a ginger ale and then you were like, can I get a strawberry flavored edible straw? And you stuck it in your ginger ale and it made a strawberry flavored ginger ale. And you like, it was just this whole idea and concept. Well, sure enough, we, we Googled it and it's already a thing. Like basically, yeah. So no matter what you think of and everybody's like, oh, that's a great idea. It already exists. Dude, so you really need to really but, think. Outside but the thing the box. is, I, I actually I can take what you just said and maybe expand on it because you would think, all right, since somebody else is already selling straws that have different flavors, that means I cannot do it myself. But that is not true because for some reason. There is always an opportunity for competition, unless it's unless you really have no really choice. Like somehow they just got the best price and the best product that you could ever imagine, which almost never happens. Somehow there's always because there's always room for improvement. So if you can have, well, they could be expensive. You can make the cheap flavored straws that companies want to use. Exact same product. But the way that you sell it is different. Then there you go. That's a different. That's a different opportunity. You could market it, and you could still become viable. Yeah. What makes yourself stand apart from your competition? Yeah. Like, are you are you friendlier? Are you closer? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's like the microgreens yeah. thing you're saying that it's more right now. Yeah. Well, there is only one company right now that's super no, popular with so edible if, flavored straws. If you were the face of microgreens, <laughs> like you said, you wanted to become that. the face of microgreens. I'm like, oh. No, I get it. 
That's a good, well, we're that's saying a that you would point. want to become the face, not us personally. We have no interest in that. But, but basically, <laughs> like, yeah. But you could take your microgreens and you could play off other people's microgreen ideas and, and then just make it better. And then you would be the most successful. But he's saying it doesn't have to be better. It could be the same. <laughs> like a pencil, you could sell the exact same piece of wood, piece of lead. But it's because you're like, hey, these pencils, they're best in town and your face you're you know you're the face of the company is better than the other you You'll give them a better more. better warranty like your warranty is six months instead of three months that it there's just a lot of yeah ways. or fast i get it yeah faster production yeah you can get it to them in a week instead of two months carl and hardy's 10 years ago commercials and they came out with all them half naked ladies on those cars because they thought it would sell them better burgers. Yeah. <laughs> like there's all approaches on how you can sell a cheeseburger. I get it. <laughs> Jessica Simpson was on one of those. That was an interesting time. It I don't think it really worked for their, you know, popularity, but uh, I liked how he was talking about the cash flow game and how people get oh, mad and angry. Yeah, that was and funny. I was I was laughing there like your game. One girl wanted her refund. She's mad at That's him. That's a great game. I was mad for like two seconds because I thought that he was talking about me. <laughs> but then I realized. I was gonna it. say Amanda, you kind of get a little upset. Because when we. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, that's not fair because every single turn I got screwed. That's what he said. Someone yeah. kept crying like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. Yup, yup. It's not me. It's the car. It's the die. He said that, and I laughed so loud. <laughs> it was the die. You guys are suckers. Oh, man. Child appropriate language. But anyone who's out there that was saying that we're gonna hopefully start streaming cash flow ourselves, they should come join us. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, you you can play it oh in so many ways. God, we yeah, need we have to, to start, start playing, playing a game. Then he was talking about that money is not real. And that's something. I've like you can ask Amanda. I've from the first day I met her, I tried to explain this to her, and she looked at me like I was a psychopath. I was like, "You don't get it. It's just money. The rich it, invent nobody money. Nobody has money. It's it's not real. Just go to the bank. They don't have it. There they, isn't. They've given it all to everybody. A vault somewhere with forty five trillion dollars <laughs> actual dollar I, bills. I think I know the number. It. I think only ten percent of the actual money is printed. Ninety percent is just in computers. Full digital. Yeah. Let me. I'm gonna have to. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, none of us use cash anymore. So that's terrifying. Quick question. Yeah. You agree that this guy has this much money, and you're like, "Yep." I just want to know if all the lights go out, then how do we live without actual money? How does the you be trading chicken. Um, well, you take a hoe and you put it in the ground and you pull it, put some seeds in there. Or, yeah, you just go out back and. <laughs> it depends on what, which country you are. Yeah, like some third world countries, they lose power. Then I'd be like, oh, they'd be like, oh, that's a normal Tuesday. All right. Well, you know, me with my small mind, I was referring to the people like us in the United States who rely on everything for everything. Oh, it would be a terrifying. That, that's that all happens. I meant. How are the billionaires going to heat their billion-dollar homes? Well, as Robert said, you need to learn to plant seeds. I don't think he was talking about farming <laughs> at the time, but <laughs> it's still the same idea. I wrote down one other thing. What was it? 
It says, trust your gut and learn finances for the future. I'm not sure where I got that from, but it was chapter well, five. Let me ask you, let me ask you something. Did, has there any been any opportunities that your God told you not to do something? And now in retrospect, you say, oh man, this was um, a great opportunity that because of fear, I didn't take. There, wait, you mean, I feel like you no, said no, the I wrong, like, I don't know if it's if a you, verb or a noun, no, pronoun. If you, if you trust, has there any, has there any, has there been any opportunities when you trusted your gut but your gut was fear and then you realize oh man that was a mistake i shouldn't have trusted my gut yes for oh. the past five years with a blog and a web page and it eats at me every day because you're like it could have been five years wait long no right now. but it, but your gut tells you to do it or your gut tells you not to do it my to do it and god has been telling me to do it for at least five years but I just haven't done it, and I I couldn't even tell you why. I'm not even sure if it's fear. It, it might be because I'm the biggest procrastinator it's, that it's, I've ever met. It might be. Well, yeah, I don't know. It, but it's probably the, the rejection, like what people are going to – people are going to say it sucks. Or take all the time and effort and then not be successful. No, that, that might be that's impossible. That's still be fear, right? It will happen. Yeah, that would be fear. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's still fear. But that's what she's saying. Even though <laughs> it's not real, it's still fear. Okay. But yeah, that was a really easy question, actually. What can you do to conquer that fear? I think you would just have, in her case, you would just have to do it and get yourself out there. You know, Marcus Aurelius says, if you want to be a writer, write. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I will say that my excuses on a daily basis are that I have too many daily life stressors that keep me from being able to relax and do the things that I want to do or inspire to do. And so then I will then use that as I don't have the time to do it because I'm too busy worrying about all of, the, all of these so other what, things. So what do you think you could do to, to conquer that? I guess that... I'm not really sure. My only solutions are long-term solutions, which is why I think I still am where I am. Oh, it's well, so. Wait. What are your long-term solutions? Short-term solution? No, long. Long-term solution: pay off my yeah. debt, figure out like a nice housing situation, um, get a homeschooling situation going, like. Get a get a home yeah. business going. That's too many. It'll that's never too many happen. Variables. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. So what you would have to do to conquer that is to create short-term goals or solutions. So instead of waiting for all of those, you could wait for the night to be over and then you just write something. Off the top of my head, short-term solution? Quit my job because I'd have eight hours a day by myself to focus well, the kid was at school. Well, yeah. Children and husbands and everything else is out of my way and mm. distractions, I guess. Or I'm not sure. Make an office and lock myself in it. Without without quitting your job, though, w without without ending your main source of income, what do you think you could... Um... I have the same problem. I want to write also. But, I mean, I, I do write. I just don't write for people. Yeah. 
For sure. I know what you mean. Oh, no, she definitely writes. Like, she's not, like you said, to be a writer, you got to write. She does that part, but it's not ready I, to publish or doesn't want to publish. I, I don't know how, I guess I need to think about it because right now I just feel like I just need some stress-free time and I'm not sure how to get stress-free time right now quickly with everything that I've got going on. Monk mode. We all become well, monk you mode. You know, I do have to say, though, that, and I don't, I hope it not, it doesn't sound like I'm picking on you because in a way I'm talking to myself. What happens is that we, so stress, when, when we say that something is stressful, what we're saying is that there is something that we need to, so what we're actually saying is that there is something that we need to do that we're not doing. And that's why we're feeling stressed. So in a way, stress is going to be a response to a situation, not a situation itself. So if changing the situation won't change your stress, if it's stress, what you're feeling, you're going to feel it regardless. Whether once you once this situation calms down, you're gonna find something else to feel stressed over. It was like my house scenario the other day where you were like, Oh, what happens? Once we buy a house, everything will be better. I was like, No, it won't. As soon as we buy a house, the kitchen's gonna catch on fire. And then what? Like we're always gonna be in this spot where we just spent every dollar and we need to come up with a way to get more. It's always a problem. A future problem. The cars are gonna blow up, the house is gonna burn. A tree's going to fall in the yard. You're going to have to get that taken care of. Like, there's always something. Because mm-hmm. what happens is that, for example, when I think of myself, let's let's look at the farm. So the farm has never not... There's always been something to be stressed about. Like, literally, always. For uh, let, Let's just talk about today. Today, somehow, one of the trays was on the, on the floor. It fell off the rack, and it was on the floor. <sighs> So that means I lost that one tray, which is money that I lost. I'm going to have to talk to the customer and explain to them what happened, why I don't have their product. But there will always, even like, how, how that fucking tray fell on the floor from the rack? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It must have been. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's terrifying. Stress, stress will, all, there's, will there, there's always going to be a reason for stress. You can't let that stop oh. you. Yes. Do you think there's levels of stress? No, because that there'll be something that will just move up. There are different types of stress. But I mean, stressing out about like how you're going to survive or live or eat or your child's safety or of those natures, I feel like might be a little different than being the owner of a company and stressing about who your next CEO is going to be. I don't, I don't think so because I, people, people who are CEOs and people who are homeless, they both themselves the same like the level the stress that they feel is enough because it's so subjective there are different stress levels but it's cumulative stress there's but it's all subjective you're saying it's it's how you feel it so really every how you yeah there's different onsets i think to stress and probably every individual feels differently and the thing is that just just like there's there's catalysts to stress, then there's also responses to stress. So you could have a very mediocre stress response and then things like, oh, my bread toast burned my toast. That stresses you. 
but then if you're if yeah but you're, there's usually trained, but the but there's there's things that build up to make you stress over things small things like that correct though. what i'm trying to say is that you cannot wait for stress to go away it, stress is something that you have to work on because it's, it's a response mechanism it's not a it's not a you're not cre- stress it's is not, not being like an created. action that's out there. it's not like wind it can't like you, you you can't just like oh the stress is coming in right now exactly it's something you're you've like oh created yourself exactly. no i get what you're saying you make a very valid point and it made me think i wonder if it maybe stress wasn't the right word and maybe it's like obligations no that's what it's something you just need to think about because you're not the only one who has that problem like Juan's saying he, no for sure he's literally saying this coming from himself not even like basically you. how can i minimize my obligations or my how can i minimize my responsibilities so i have time for to dedicate towards that this you know how you know how this guy says that you have to budget your money maybe we have to budget our time mm-hmm. that's very seems true time seems, seems time is money well robert's three main successes for a business where find what's missing solve that that would be like your business is to find what's out there missing but then you need to your next problem is to get the money so figure out where the money is going to come to afford the business and then hire people to do the job mm-hmm. and then you got your business like he's you saying it's that simple i have another question do you think that the study sessions that we're going to have would be something that you could use as a tool to help you conquer the fear of writing if you almost wrote with people like if you wrote no no just keep I think if anything, if I don't have to focus specifically on a study session, on something to study in our study sessions, I said use the time to write. Right. That's what I'm saying. That was the whole point was for more of like, you're more obligated. That was the study session was to be, this time is dedicated to doing something productive towards a business. Like I see myself working on the microgreen stuff while you guys do other stuff. I'm I'm probably going to be editing the podcast the whole time. Yeah. Like that was my idea. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. If it's that's because if I'm devoting that time to this, then and I can use it for whatever I want. No, that's no. It's just more to be like classmates, basically, in a study hall. So that that could that would be a good advice because I can see also applying it to myself. I work better when I'm working with somebody else. No, that's for me personally. Because if you're not here, I'm gonna go and play the PlayStation ten minutes later. Because it's like, why? Why am I gonna do this? But if you're here, like on the other end, I'm gonna feel obligated to be like, I can't just leave on. And I'm totally the opposite. I get so much done when Dawson and Connor are gone all day, and I have the house to myself. I will literally, I can get so much done when I'm alone. So, are we doing four chapters next week? We are saying to try to get through this book a little faster. We're doing just the three. Four left. So, should we just do the four? Yeah, I and finish this book up because it's been a month or so or three, I feel like. So, no, that sounds perfect. Then we'll try to finish it all up. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. Have a good night. Have a great Peace. weekend. Do your homework.